The following podcast contains spoilers for Last Flag Flying. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Mecusto. So many a breaths. A river derchi. <laughs> a river derchi. A river derchi. How you doing, Glenn? You know, the flag's still flying, you know? Still living that life, you know? Living that, that, uh, that Glenjamin Button that life? That Glenjamin Button Aging backwards prime and shit. time life. <laughs> so Always looking you... like Brad Pitt. I, I know... For a fact that you just got out of watching Sonic. Other than Sonic, did you watch anything else this past week? I broke my already um, uh, weekly challenge, uh, which was supposed to be seeing a James Bond movie every week. I broke it and I didn't watch shit other than Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) How was Sonic? Is very all right. Very all. I mean, that's better than what everyone thought it was going to be after that first trailer. So yeah, I mean, this, um, the CGI looks fantastic. Like the re-rendering that they did yeah. on the character is significantly better than what it was. Yeah, definitely. Um, but ultimately, it, it's obviously it didn't save it too much from being just an okay yeah, movie. I mean, it's it's a it's a cash grab. They're not trying to make like an amazing film. They're just trying to make nostalgia. For people well, to get ready for a sequel. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I mean, it's probably gonna, it's probably going to get enough money for a sequel. So, I, I um, do, I do always feel James or bad for James Marston whenever he's in like these type of movies because he kind of deserves a little better than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious if he's like actually just trying to do fun things or if people aren't hiring from other things because I agree he does deserve better. If he if he's choosing to do these things, good on him. Yeah. I, I mean, he's choosing regardless, but like. If he has other options and is choosing these over the options, good on him. Um, otherwise, poor guy. Yeah, really. Yeah. But other than that, I did not see anything. I'm sure you've got something in your back pocket, though. Yeah, I, I only saw a few movies. Uh, I this with the Oscars this past week and everything. Um, I uh, kind of slowed down watching new movies. Kind of hopefully pick that back up starting this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there's two movies I want to discuss. I know you saw one of them. Uh, the American Friend, which is a Vim Vender movie starring Bruno Gans and Dennis Hopper. Uh, it's a German film from the 70s. Yes, that's the one that I saw. <laughs> no, that, that's not yeah. the one that you saw. Uh, uh, that one was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but then the one that I know you saw, Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous mm. emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah, did I see that before or after our podcast? After. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I've seen Sonic and Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah, there we go. My memory's uh, so poop. And while it is a step up from Suicide Squad, it is just okay. Like, yeah, it's, it's better than I expected to be. Or, Jesus, expected it to be, but, you know, it's still just yeah, not much. Yeah, uh, I, I thought, the honestly, it was really promising the first, like, 30, 45 minutes. And then it just, for me personally, it took a nosedive and just became so boring. Yeah. Um, like, it just became like another action movie after that, where like the first 30, 45 minutes were legitimately creative and fun and their own thing. And then it just became like every other DC superhero movie after that. Um, but like, if they had just made the entire thing about her getting revenge for a lost egg sandwich, 
Yeah. Would have been a better movie overall. Um, <laughs> but no, they had to, as as DC always does, had to make things too serious and, uh, you know, too... That, that they do. Yeah. Uh, and the, the little girl in it was terrible. Oh my god, she was bad. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It, it, just it's didn't, it didn't seem like she was really acting more than just probably playing herself, if anything. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, but I did love Ewan, though. Ewan was good. Um, um, although it was super anticlimactic. Uh, absolutely. For his character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this, um, this thing that was never mentioned before. Great, cool, wonderful. I was like, um, well, there we go. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, it just seemed like someone with ADHD wrote the script. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. It was just, it was fine. But the first, honestly, like people should go see it for the first 30, 45 minutes alone because that is legitimately a great ser- uh, like sequence. Um, mm-hmm. The opening few, the opening act, really. Um, but yeah, that's all I saw last week. Uh, let's hop into the, some news, shall we? Oh, boy. Uh, not on the agenda that I just remembered while I was talking. Uh, let's talk about Parasite winning Best Picture. At the 92nd Academy Awards, or 93rd, it's one of those two numbers. It has been on for a long time, and Parasite won the most recent Best Picture Award. As it deserved. As it deserved. It's probably the first time in a long time that the movie that deserved to win Best Picture won Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Because for Um, a while there, you and me both were like, oh yeah, Jojo Rabbit needs to win. And like, I think both of us, not even talking about it the night before, were like, you know what? Parasite might be the one that should win. Definitely. I rewatched Parasite, and I was just like... You know what? I love Jojo Rabbit, but it, you can't compare them because they're two completely different movies. Yeah. But since they were both nominated for Best Picture, you kind of have to compare them. Parasite is a more complete film, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, more of a like a masterpiece. Absolute. Yeah, definitely. And it's also the first foreign language film to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Also well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, there's been a lot of people that are upset about that because it's a foreign language film. Like, Which, come on those people can shut the fuck up because mm-hmm. like honestly most of the time foreign films are better than american films and are never acknowledged for it yeah um like everyone thinks that the oscars are like yes the oscars take place in america but they are not just a depiction of american film they are a depiction or should be a depiction of film overall yeah if, if they want to claim themselves as the head honcho of film awards they must include the entire world's cinema. Yeah. Uh, and no one can take them seriously. I mean, even before... the He's he's obviously super excited that he won four Oscars. But oh, even... He's the cheeriest bastard in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, he absolutely is. And, and he's proud that he won them. But even before the Oscars happened, Bong Joon-ho was just like, yeah, it's not an international competition. So while these are being nominated, uh, Parasite's being nominated, it's great, but it's not like a representation of the entire world. Yeah. And that is 100% accurate. And uh, I am I couldn't be happier. I've been sharing pictures of Bong Joon-ho pretty much all week, probably getting on everyone's nerves. I love Not the mine. fact that he won. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, next we can talk about... I think you'll be excited for this. I'm sure you already heard about this, but Rick Moranis returning after, I believe, 24 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a little hiatus slash retirement, and he's going to star in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel slash reboot. Um... You know, he, he, he left the industry 24 years ago after his wife died to take care of his kids. Yep, to be a parent, which uh, is To be awesome. a parent, which is a, a very 
honestly like great on him for thing. doing that. Yeah, and he's he's he walked away from arguably like millions of dollars to to make sure his sons had a parent at home. Yeah, uh, maybe daughter. I don't know if he had a daughter too. I know he has his, sons. His family just period. Um, but they're obviously grown. He's going to return to it's called Shrunk. It's a sequel slash reboot where he re- reprises his role as um, uh, Henry Selinski. I can never pronounce that name. Uh, and I don't even know if it's Henry. Either way, <laughs> Wayne <laughs> Wayne Selinski. Oh my god, I don't know where I got Henry from. Wayne Selinski and his son is going to be played by Josh Gad. Um, oh wow! Which is a great casting for this kind of movie. And I'm stoked on it. I I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I yeah, know it, I, I know it's a cash grab, but the fact that they got Rick Moranis out of it kind of makes it feel a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how I feel about uh, another Honey I Shrunk the Kids sequel slash or reboot any yeah. of that because there's like eight of them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but, they, uh, as long as Rick Moranis is coming back, that's all that really yeah, matters. Yeah, the fact that they talked him out of a, a retirement, even if it's just for this one movie, the fact that they talked him out of retirement shows that they're actually they actually kind of care about making a decent movie. Yeah, um, and it could all fall apart. Who knows? We we don't know enough about it at the moment to know if it's going to be good or not, but. Rick Moranis is going to grace our screens once again. After 20 long years. After 20 long years. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, you You had a little piece of news, didn't you? Didn't yes, you I did. Oh, my lord. Stupid little slut. I mean, Not, Well, what? every day's the same for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> same uh, description. I don't <laughs> know what day. came out of me. I don't know. Uh, well, we were talking about Birds of Prey there for a minute, and uh, DC still has... Uh, some little tricks up their sleeve. Matt Reeves decided he wanted to show us uh, the first look of Robert Pattinson in The Batman. Yeah. If you remember a little bit ago, we did a good time because I recommended that after the news broke out that Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman. Mm-hmm. And I was fully on board. And so the the clip came out and my God, I'm, I'm, I'll admit, I'm stoked. I was already stoked, but my fire's are flaming. You know what I'm saying? The good yeah. little Glenn Slut's coming back. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I thought he, he he looked great at it. I I love the costume design. I'm yeah, sure they're gonna looks, make a few. He looks tweaks. like an injustice suit, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm sure I'll, you obviously I'll, don't know too yeah, much about the injustice. I, I'll take but, your word on that. <laughs> but it's I I don't think it'll be in that universe. But it it looks really cool. Um, if they even do anything with injustice, then that'd be dope. But. I'm not expecting that. I uh, just know he looks awesome, and I know he's going to be awesome. And check out the clip, because it's a lot of red and a lot of Robert Pattinson's tiny lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and <laughs> Matt, Matt Reeves is a great director, too. Um, I, I from, from what I've heard, the cast is going to be pretty good, too. I don't have on the top of my head anyone that's going to be in it, but I, I have never... Like questioned it. I think they said Colin Farrell's going to play the Penguin, unless that was just yep. speculation. There's um, going to be a lot of people in it, but I yeah. feel like they're more or less um, going to be cameos than anything. Yeah, and, and I, I think they're all going to be uh, great. I mean, it, it seems like they're taking this seriously. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're just hiring people who are like hot right now. Um, so, so no Owen Wilson and Zoolander. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a, that was a bad reference. <laughs> hot. <laughs> He's so hot right now. He's so um, hot right but now. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this. Of all superheroes. Batman's by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say like sit here and say I'm a huge Batman fan. Yeah, but you know, when I was a kid, that was probably the only one that I legitimately followed and cared about. 
Um, so yeah, I'm looking Am forward I to it. Am I seeing a little bit of nerd in you, Mike? And I mean, my nerd is 100% with uh, A24. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is uh, that is my news. Uh, All quick, right. Quick little reveal of the Batman. That's some. That's some good. This is a good news week for film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we, we, nothing's left to discuss except for Last Flag Flying. You know what amazes me about you? Well, it could be anything. I'm a pretty amazing guy. You turn the keys to your bar over to the guy who's asleep on your pool table, and then you jump in your car and you drive me to hell and gone, and you don't even know where we're going. Ask the question, am I willing to surrender to God? What the hell happened to Mueller the Mauler? First class drinker, gambler. I see we have some visitors amongst us here today. We were in the service together with your pastor. I haven't seen these men in decades. They represent a dark period in my life. That went down awfully quick. Drinking for two now that you got old and boring. Shine down a light on me. Because of my son, I came here found you guys. A year ago, we joined the Corps, and then two days ago, they told me that he'd been killed. He's gonna be buried in Arlington, and I was wondering if you guys could come with me. He sent him off to a godforsaken desert. Why? I'm taking Larry home. With all due respect, sir, he deserves to lie at Arlington. You're gonna take Doc back and try to make it fun. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Did you look at these faces? They've already been spited. Written by Daryl Panixon, and Richard Linklater, directed by Richard Linklater, and starring Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne, and Steve Carell. Last Flag Flying takes place 30 years after they served together in Vietnam. A former Navy corpsman, Larry Doc Shepard, reunites with his old buddies, former Marine Sal Nealon and Reverend Richard Mueller, to bury his son, a young Marine killed in the Iraq War. Uh, this was one of those movies that always popped up like anytime I was looking for another movie. Um, it's got a, a solid cast with Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne, Steve Carell, all that. And the story seemed intriguing. I don't want to say it's looked like amazing, but it, it was definitely intriguing, um, to say the least. And uh, I, I just wanted to throw it out there, you know, walk, give it a watch. No better reason to watch a movie than to talk about it on a podcast. So. Yeah, it, it was one of those movies that you literally, whenever you got on Amazon Prime or even just logged into your Amazon Fire Stick or anything like that, it was like, boom, last flag flying. Yeah. Check it out. And yeah. uh, I will admit I'm not a huge like military movie type of guy. Me neither. Um, and just looking at like the cover of it is Steve Carell holding a flag with two older gentlemen behind mm-hmm. them. And I was like, okay, I really think I could care less for this movie. Yeah. It definitely felt like a, a movie um, kind of curated for an older crowd. Yeah. Uh, n- again, not saying that in a negative way, um, but it's it, it it seemed like... it's It seemed <clears throat> like it had a target audience. I think people our age are a little more cynical to, um, f- for lack of a better phrase, ultra-patriotism, mm-hmm. and the poster looks like that's what it would be um where it's just you know un unadulterated unquestioned patriotism but it surprised me that the majority of the movie they spent complaining like honoring veterans which is absolutely something that should be done but then also pointing out how messed up the government is regarding Mm -hmm. war especially vietnam and uh the current uh war which unfortunately even though this takes place in 2003 still going on uh and i well i think it's just afghanistan now but we we've been over there for far too long and (laughs) i think 
I think it does a good job at teetering on the edge of being like anti this war, but also kind of understanding that it's out of people like us and them control. Yeah, I, I went into it really not expecting much at all. I yeah. was expecting not honestly not to like it because it, it just looked like a, a buddy military mm-hmm. film. And I, I, I won't beat around the bush. I'm not a pro military guy but I'm also not opposed to it. But uh, that I, was, I wasn't interested in seeing it in a movie, but I was completely surprised how good it actually was. Yeah. Um, because obviously not only the synopsis, uh, well, not the synopsis, but the summary of the movie, it's just, it's actually a really good film and just like three dudes kind of like getting back together after 30 years and mm-hmm. like they face this hardship uh when they were serving time and then like you're figuring it all out as they're trying to like redeem themselves of it and stuff like that. Yeah. And all while the one man's trying to just bury his son with his wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the struggles that the government's trying to get like, we need to bury him with his, with his corpsman. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a super struggle and it was something nice to see that in like a military type film that, even the people who served in the military are kind of like, you know what, man, the government is killing me right now. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the uh, the self-reflection of it, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be straightforward. Uh, this kid's son died, them reminiscing. But it was really them focusing on their flaws, uh, not only after Vietnam, but while they were in Vietnam. And um, also discussed the the um, morality of the government lying to parents of uh, fallen soldiers of Mm. like, you know, kind of talking up how they actually died or how they died versus how they actually died uh, and making it seem more heroic than it actually was. Like, yeah. um, For instance, the uh, doc played by Steve Carell, his son was shot in the back of the head while just trying to buy some soda. And uh, the government told him that he like went out in a blaze of glory and, and, and yeah died, died with his rifle in his arms. He saved, saved his fellow yeah corpsmen and, and stuff and, like that. And it, it follows the whole morality of that. Like, is it really better to go out or like have parents think that their kids went out that way, or is it better to know the actual truth behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it's still something I struggle with. Like the entire time I was on their side where I was just like, yeah, I mean, I, if, if my son died, I'd want to know how he died, even if it wasn't quite heroic. Like I'd want to know the exact way and he died. Um, and, and then they're, they're faced with the mother of the, um, one of their friends when they were in Vietnam. Um, and they're going to tell her that he actually died. Like, a very painful death and everything. Um, and then at the last second, just decide not to. Cause yeah. it's, it's in that instance, I, I think it's a gray area. Like for Steve Carell, his son, I would r- rather know the real way he died just cause. Especially since he had served before. Yeah. But, but, and, and he, I mean, he also died instantly too. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the guy that they served with in Vietnam, he had a very excruciating, painful death, and that's not going to help anyone yeah. uh, to, to know that. Um, and and so I, I really like the, the morality struggle of it. Uh, speaking of morality, um, I don't know if you caught on to this, but 
Steve uh, Steve Carell, like the, the the characters, like Brian Cranston is like the devil on the shoulder, where Lawrence Fishburne's like the angel on the shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> where like literally they're giving him their conflicting advice mm-hmm. while standing next to him. I thought that was a little ham fisted, but I think it worked. Like it 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 was really obvious, but I I kind of liked it. Yeah, too, it wasn't it was. terribly cheesy, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was. I mean, the one dude's a priest. So yeah, the one dude's a priest, and the other guy's like this a bar owner, a bar, an atheist bar owner. Um, and uh, but it it still worked. You know, it, it wasn't like groundbreaking. It wasn't amazing, but it was just a solid uh, film, and and I really enjoyed it. And honestly, like parts of it had me laughing more than I've laughed in like some comedies, like when they're reminiscing on their Vietnam War days. Yeah, and, and that's that's the. Like the huge kind of uh, theme of this movie that I, I really do like enjoy about most of the military actually is like the brotherhood that's created in it. Yeah. And as these guys, when these guys first see up with each other, they're all like, oh, God, no, I, I got away from you for a reason, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, they're their own person and then they all get together and like they slowly grow back into the people that they were and create this brotherhood again. And it was, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see. Yeah over like not even a week span yeah and for better for better or worse uh lawrence fishburne's character kind of regresses back to how he was in the army not not like with debauchery and everything just like in the cursing and the way he spoke just becoming Um, a human being yeah becoming a human being instead of like this this soulless reverend who was trying to just put his past behind him Mm -hmm. um I, I used the word soulless lightly there. Not like he wasn't yeah, actually not, soulless. He was not, just not as a bad term. Yeah, he was just hiding from his past when you know he should have been confronting it head on. Yeah. Um, and and I, I thought it was lovely. Like again, it's it's not a a film that is gonna really blow you away. It's just a solid way to spend two hours watching like this this brotherhood that that is coming coming back. And mm-hmm. I I felt like everyone gave a great performance and. Uh, yeah, part, again, it's not a it's not a comedy, but there are parts of it that had me laughing a lot more than than other other films. Yeah, it's 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 especially funny when you realize like it's time period that is like 2003, so like oh, yeah. when they're listening to the radio and Eminem comes on and they're like does it bother you that you're a black man listening to this type of music? He's like Nah, this dude's white. Yeah, this dude's white. <laughs> that is so it's like, funny. No. He's like, and no. Talking about cell phones like they're some kind of future. Like the most revolutionary thing. thing. Yeah. My, the funniest thing, the, the part that had me dying is when they're talking about like the brothels in Vietnam. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Brian Cranston, you know, his character being like the, the, the partying kind mm-hmm. is just talking about how... <laughs> To, to paraphrase what he said, his dick used to salute him, and now it just droops down and so helps him with his socks. used to watch him shave and everything. <laughs> yeah, he used to watch him shave, and now it watches him put on his socks. And then Steve Carell, I don't know if this was scripted or just, just improvised, but Steve Carell loses it. And if it's acting, he does a great job at acting like he's losing his shit. Mm-hmm. And and like it just makes you laugh with him. Like, I yeah, was, and, and I was laughing It doesn't help that time. he says he's just imagining Brian Cranston's, like, Pain is picking up his socks with him. <laughs> yeah, there's, Which there's is just, just a, like a, hilarious. It, it really balances like the the uh, the sad and and the the high parts of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the the death of this guy's son, and then just rem- reminiscing on old times. So yeah, I thought it was a really solid movie, though. Yeah, it was a, a thousand times better than I expected. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I will gladly watch anything with Brian Cranston. Yeah, same here. Like uh, all these three guys, yes, but like Brian Cranston, he really, he really brought some to oh, this yeah. one. Yeah, he's great. I thought we were going to a funeral. We are going to a funeral. Just looks like it's going to take a little longer to get there. What you going to do? Strap the coffin to the roof of your car? We could do that. Oh man. The thing that made Larry different from the rest of us, he had a happy childhood. He said that. Yes, sir. If there's one minute that's not too terrible, I'd like to try to enjoy it. His holiness can hardly walk, let alone handle a big rig with a hydraulic lift. This is a rental with an automatic transmission. You guys ready for an adventure? Let's go. What do you smell? Urine. I love it. It's like the official scent of the city. Things that come into your head and out of your mouth. You worry too much. That's why your hair went so gray. Could you resist a man in this uniform? I don't think I could. Be there for your brothers. Yeah, that's all that really matters. Get out of the way. Okay, you want to play? Let's play. Hey, hey move! Hey. You're trying to get me killed. I will bury your ass. Mueller has arrived. Woo. So. It is time for the judgment. Will Last Flag Flying, directed by Richard Linklater, become a shelf boy? Will it be a boy on the shelf? Or will it fall and just turn to dust like other films that we have had fall and turn to dust? Uh, For me, since I picked this movie, I'll go first. Uh, I am really torn about it because it was pretty solid, but not amazing. Um you know, it's it's a movie that I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But it it was a a solid way to spend two hours. It went by a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Um, it was well paced and and everything. But it just doesn't have that extra push to make it like over the edge. Um, I don't know what they could have done to do that. I think the movie is fine the way it is, and I don't think it could be uh, better given the story. Um, so I think this is just one of those movies that like, it's a solid movie, but, uh, it will not be a shelf boy. Ooh, man. I was actually going to make it a shelf boy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think the only reason I would like kind of want to not make it a shelf boy. Like I enjoyed it. I actually did enjoy it. I would honestly, I'd probably watch it again Mm because I'm not really into military movies at all. And like, obviously this isn't true military. This is post military, but, um, like I think, I think the chemistry was solid enough, and the story was solid enough. I would have made it a shelf boy. I think the only cheesy part that made me like not want to is at the end when he gets that note, like everything falls into place in this letter Steve Carell gets about his uh, from his son saying bury him with his mom and his blues, mm-hmm. and that's what they did anyway before the he even thing, got the letter. I will say though, I'm glad that they found that like he made the right decisions without seeing that note rather mm-hmm. than the other way around. Yeah. Um. I I feel like it really showed that he did know his son. Yeah. Um. And and didn't need that kind of note, but it, it was just kind of like it. I agree, yeah. it was a little cheesy, but it was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Um. And it's not, you know, completely unbelievable. That kind of stuff happens. Um, but, yeah, uh, unfortunately with me, I, I don't think it'll be a shelf boy. Um, tisk tisk. Tisk tisk. Wow. However, it, we are 10 episodes away from episode 50, so maybe we'll revisit some some films and, and uh, discuss. We, we yeah. can discuss this later. But uh, for now, Last Flag Flying is not a shelf boy. All right. Um, so, I guess... There it be. There it be. Buried just like Steve Carell's son, you know? Ooh. Ooh, There's both good ones right there. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that brings us to plugs. My plug for this week is a trailer that came out. I know Glenn has already seen this. Uh, A24 released a trailer on Thursday for David Lowry, uh, his new movie. David Lowry directed uh, Old Man and the Gun, Ain't the Body Saints, Peach Dragon, uh, A Ghost Story, and now his latest film, The Green Knight, starring Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, and Joel Edgerton. Tell me a tale of yourself, so that I might know thee. I have none to tell. Yet. You have none to tell yet. I fear I'm not meant for greatness. We all fear. But fear can be a gift. And holy smoking, boken shit balls, man! Yeah, I know this... Mike's excited for this because he sent me a picture of his wet underwear. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all. He didn't send me the trailer. He just sent me a picture of wet underwear. No, and said, I sent there you the go. trailer and said, "Make sure you wor- you're not wearing pants when you watch this one." Uh, the cinematography in this is just phenomenal. So yeah, definitely check out the trailer for the Green Knight because boy howdy, boy and, howdy, and it, you, it does look can, really good. If you can watch it without pants, because you might it, soil it, 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 it like boosts the whole experience it does <laughs> <laughs> what's your plug all right so my plug is i had to like go back and think i'm like what would be a good one to just toss in here i know i don't know if i've ever sent this to you or not but my plug is on youtube and it is called or a video called why snowpiercer is a sequel to willy wonka so and the chocolate one of my Factory. favorite filmmakers is the south korean director bong joon ho I remember seeing his film The Host when it came out in theaters when I was like 16 and it blew my mind. His stuff is really dark and quirky and he didn't really break out in the US in a huge way until Snowpiercer came out. I really, really like Snowpiercer, but one interesting thing about it was that it reminded me of my favorite movie of all time. I'm sure you might have seen this before. I have seen it. but. I, I just watched it the other day again. I'm like, I can't get over this at all. Like, how actually intriguing it would be if it was. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, it, they pretty much go in details about, like, how, like, uh, Willy Wonka, like, Charlie got the, got the chocolate factory and then he had to create a speed train to sustain the world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, Stop blowing my mind. I can only take so much. <laughs> now, I, I simultaneously love and hate those things because mm-hmm. while I think that they're clever and entertaining and do make some good points, the fact I just hate it when people try to find like a connection between everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a joke video for the most part. Yeah, but yeah. yeah definitely. It, but like there's some people who like actually take them seriously. Yeah. And I know the people who make them more than likely don't. Yeah. Um, if they do, it's usually pretty obvious, and and they're usually not good because of that. But uh, I do enjoy this one. Uh, I remember liking it. Um, 
it it does have a lot of eerie <laughs> eerie combinations. But Reading like, these comments is hilarious. Y'all need to let Bong Joon Ho be the original genius that he is, and not say that he's oh yeah he's making sequels to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Why the Purge is a pre sequel to Cats the Musical? <laughs> <laughs> See, why, that real steel, why, yeah. why is Real Steel a sequel to Saving Private yeah, Ryan? I, I do like the, like those ones, but yeah. some people take them too seriously. And yeah. I'd rather they just enjoy the joke. Yeah, it, it's but, obviously it's a joke video, but watch yeah. it with a little bit of an open mind to have your mind blown a little bit yeah. too hard. Yeah. It'll knock your socks off. Even Honestly, if you, you could them. do that with any two movies if you really tried. Yeah, you um, could. But admittedly, Snowpiercer and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a little bit tighter than than the rest yeah so those are our plugs for this week we got the green knight trailer and the why uh snowpiercer is a sequel to willy wonka and the chocolate factory both are available on youtube you can just search in those uh and i guess that's gonna bring us to what our film assignment is for next week young glenjamin yes sir um so i was kind of in the mood for a jack nicholson movie here Ooh. um i looked on uh letterboxd i didn't see that you saw this one so uh, I know I didn't. Um, it is as good as it gets. Oh, okay. Um, I have not seen this one. With Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear. Open his curtains for him so he can see God's beautiful work. And he'll know that even things like this happen for the best. Where do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor want a hump hump bar? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. TriStar Pictures invites you to meet a truly appalling individual. He's a freak show. He's the worst person I ever met. Help! If you want to see me, you will make an appointment. Dr. Green, how can you diagnose someone as an obsessive compulsive disorder and then act as though I had some choice about barging in? You have messed your last floor. <laughs> have, you, have, you, uh, have you seen my dog with a little, little face? Uh-oh. You have no idea what your work means to me. How do you write women so well? I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. Melvin, wait! Shut up, kids! Definitely a package you don't want to open or touch. Directed by James L. Brooks, uh, written by... Mark Andrus, and the screenplay is also by Mark Andrus. A single mother and waitress, uh, a misanthropic, is that the word? Is that how you say that? Coatesville boy here. Uh, artist and a gay artist form an unlikely friendship after the artist is assaulted in a robbery. Mm. As good as it gets. Misanthropic is the correct pronunciation. Hell yeah, I'm so fucking smart. I went to college I, for never. Because you separated it and questioned yourself afterwards, I did have to question if, if <laughs> it was a, yeah, misanthropic. All right, so yeah, uh, as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson movie, 1997. That is going to be uh, the pick for next week, and it is on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Uh, it is also apparently on uh, Voodoo and Crackle, but I don't know who the hell has those apps. So uh, I have Voodoo, but you usually have to pay. Um, yeah, so if you got those, it's not just on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix sponsors, please. <laughs> um, Most so yeah. of the movies we recommend can be rented for money. We try to get you the free version uh, mm-hmm. If possible, but pretty much anything we mentioned can be rented on on iTunes, Absolutely. Amazon, whatever, or just um, at, at your local thrift store somewhere. Yeah, probably, but we do just try to get the free ones. So, 
That is our pick for next week, as good as it gets, with Jack Nicholson and other people who you mentioned that I will not name now because I cannot remember them. Helen Hunt. <laughs> Helen Hunt. <laughs> as always, you can visit our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Twitter, we are Keystone <laughs> underscore film. On Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And once you follow us and all those little Johns there, we're going to watch as good as it gets, and we'll talk mm-hmm. to you next week. Only once you do that. We're not going to watch it until, though. Yeah, we're holding next week's hostage until you subscribe yep. to things. We're watching. <laughs> like, sponsor us and people listen to us, please. Please, 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 please. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.